Welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Florida is a place to be. The social scene, cultural scene, food scene, and crime scene. Your podcast host, Julie Lurson, and Christy Goldberg are the founders of the firm Law Powered by Women. Located in Lakewood Ranch, they focus on personal injury cases. I'm Patrice Sikora. Christy, Julie, what is the most common type of case you see? Probably for us, the cases that we bring into the firm are going to be auto accident cases. I know everybody talks about the crazy drivers in Florida, which, excuse me, I take issue with just because everybody in Florida is not from Florida. So it's actually not Florida drivers. It's everybody else. <laughs> me being a native Floridian. I, I have a, a little bias that, here. It's hmm. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for us, it's, it's auto accidents and that's just, that's a huge business in Florida. I remember being down there and seeing billboards along the highways, just b- every billboard, personal injury lawyer, bring your auto accident here. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big business and there's such, it's so funny because it can turn into I mean, listen, there are certain parts of Florida that are that are much more known for, for instance, fraudulent claims or, you know, the legislature is always trying to change the auto laws, the auto insurance laws to to help help insurance abate company. some of some of the insurance, the, the fraudulent insurance claims. But it has turned into such an environment where now suddenly you've got people thinking, oh, OK, you know, I was injured in an accident or I excuse me, I was in an accident. I'm not actually I didn't actually suffer any any losses. I mean, my car was kind of kind of damaged a little bit, but that can be fixed. And I didn't miss any work and I didn't. But I still want to be a millionaire. So what um, makes a case a case? They're based on somebody being careless behind the wheel because everybody has a duty when you're out there driving to pay attention to what's going on and to drive with some care. And if it's pouring down rain, you probably need to adjust your speed. You know, if the roads are crowded again, pay attention. And so when an accident happens because somebody really wasn't doing what they should have been doing and keeping an eye out, then if injuries result to somebody that are as a result of the crash, there's responsibility um, out there owed by the at-fault driver to the injured party. Christy, do you want to like parse yeah. it out it, it's yeah. a little bit different, a little bit more specifically? Yeah, probably more specifically. So you're talking very generically. Any, any book on the subject is going to tell you that negligence is comprised of duty, breach, causation, and damage. Yeah. So we all have a duty to drive safely. All right. So we can agree on that breaching that duty that is the liability aspect. Okay. So if it's a, if it is a rear end accident, for instance, in Florida, if you rear end somebody, you are, you are immediately presumed it is a rebuttable presumption, but you are immediately presumed to be at fault for the crash. You should have been paying attention, been able to stop your vehicle, but the, the breach 
can come into question. The liability of it can come into question when you've got a, he said, she said, oh, I had a green light. No, I had a green light. Or you have a T-bone or you have all sorts of various, oh, he, you know, he, he cut me off and then slammed on his brakes. And there was, I, you know, it was nothing I could do all of that. But typically, typically liability doesn't become a huge, huge issue. Generally speaking, you've got a defendant who did something stupid and who says, okay, mea culpa, I did it. So there's duty, there's breach. Causation, that means, okay, your guy had a duty not to hit you and he hit you. Now your claim that you've been injured as a result of this crash is up for debate by the insurance company that you're going after. The insurance company is going to do everything in its power to say, no, you were already injured. Or no, there's no way that that impact could have created the level of damage that you are claiming as a result of this. And so causation is, is you know, nine out of 10 times, that's where your battle comes in. Pre-suit, during litigation, during trial, you are really battling causation and you are bringing in the, the medical experts to say, yes, this actually is possible from from a, a car accident that caused, you know, $300 worth of damage to a bumper, it actually is possible that now the, the driver needs surgery. Of course, these experts are, you know, bought and paid for by each side. And it's now the, the battle of the dueling experts, but this is causation. Damages are broken out into before resolution or verdict and then, and then post. And so the damages aspect are, are, it's very interesting because look, if you, if you suffer losses as a result of a crash, typically you, you're, you're entitled to those losses, those past losses that you've suffered. So if you've paid any medical expenses out of pocket, you're entitled to that. If you've lost any wages, you're entitled to that. The future losses and the pain and suffering, those only get triggered at a certain point. Those only get triggered when you have doctors treating you in a certain manner and making certain claims on your file. And that is where there seems to be a lot of confusion just in the general public because you've got the commercials and you've got the billboards and you've got these, oh, if you've been injured, you may be entitled to, well, I may be entitled to $18 billion because of whatever, but that doesn't mean I get it. So, you know, you've got to be, the fact of the matter is that despite what everybody thinks, if you're in a car accident in order to collect and in order to get your future damages and to get any level of pain and suffering, you actually have to have a valid injury. You actually have to be damaged to the extent that not just a bought and paid for expert is going to say that about you. So like any other law firm, and when we get people walking in the door who want to make a claim and sit down with us, and as Julie and I um, start asking questions, it becomes more and more clear that this is a person who is sitting in our office because they've seen a commercial, not ours. <laughs> they've seen a commercial or they've seen a billboard that tells them, hey, you you could just, you could get all of this money. You're you're not a valid claimant. I'm not interested in handling those files. That's not what our firm does. It's not what we're here to do. But in a a pretty large nutshell, I think that's that's basically what makes a valid claim is the duty breach causation damage. We've got to be able to to hit each one of those on the head. What the, the, oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to chime in to say every state has their own requirements as to what kind of insurance coverage drivers need to carry. In Florida, what's surprising to many is that liability coverage, that is coverage to pay for pain and suffering, past losses, future losses, and that sort of thing, is generally not required of most drivers. Few exceptions, you know, if I go out there and I commit a DUI, yeah, I'm going to be required to carry some liability coverage, but that's not mandatory. We have very minimal mandatory insurance requirements in this state. And so another situation that is not that uncommon is someone was in an accident. There's no question about liability. 
there's actually not much to debate about their injuries and the, the resulting damages. The problem, no the at-fault driver didn't carry liability coverage. The injured party didn't carry the backup sort of version of that called uninsured motorist coverage, which protects you if you're in an accident with somebody who doesn't have insurance. And so it's basically very unfair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people get frustrated with us, which, you know, we're the messenger, so it's unfair, but I, I certainly understand it when we tell them that I'm sorry, I, I really can't do anything for you in most circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it is, however, the job of an attorney to make sure they're barking up that tree. Yes. Because there's certain, you know, if the driver was on the job at the time, then there's alter, there's, there's different yes. insurance policies to look at, or you, you never know what the circumstance is. And so that's our job, the due diligence aspect of yes. it to make sure that we've looked at every, you know, every, Run the rabbits every, down the holes, exactly. Every possible avenue of, of collecting, because we don't care where we collect from, right. We just want to get it for our client. But yeah, a lot of times and, and being the person to have to tell a client, Hey, there's nothing we can do. I mean, we, you know, they get very angry and I understand this is, this has altered their lives and, you know, a little bit of pushback. Well, yeah, but why can't we just sue the, sue the person? Because when you make a claim, you're making it against the insurance company, right? right? right. So, well, why can't we just sue the, the driver or the owner of the car? Well, we could, but on a, on a very basic level, if the driver or the owner of the vehicle doesn't carry liability insurance, the likelihood, the likelihood is that they don't have any assets to protect because that's why you carry it to protect your own assets. So we need to look at that. And then, and secondarily, you know, you, you can't, you can't access their homestead. You can't. So unless this person is independently wealthy, has, you know, multiple vacation homes and property ownership and, and all sorts of, of, of readily accessible assets, yeah, you can sue them. You can go get a piece of paper that says that they owe you money, but good luck. What? And that's typically not your best move. Why is liability not required? The legislature yeah. made that policy decision a long time ago. They mandate what's some, something called no fault or PIP insurance, which provides everybody with a basic level of coverage to help pay for medical care. But it's really at... Uh, levels higher than Christie and me that, in other words, the state legislature, mm -hmm. they've tried, they are trying. It, it, it's likely to change um, in the not too distant future, but for now, this is the landscape that, you know, we work on. Yeah. Yeah. The legislature decided that it would be for whatever reason, more beneficial to make sure that anybody who was driving on the road had their own insurance. So that if, if, whether you're at fault or not, you still treat through your own no fault insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's just, that's kind of how it goes, which causes a lot of confusion to people. You mm -hmm. know, we'll have people come in and go, well, it doesn't matter who's at fault. Well, <laughs> it does matter who's at fault, but for that particular bucket of insurance coverage, it does not. Um, but that's just, that's the legislature. I think in the next week, one passed actually this past legislative session, but was vetoed by the governor. So I, it will, it'll happen. Um, just not, not currently. All right. Well, then let's uh, keep the automotive theme here, but with a cup of coffee in our hand. Talk to <laughs> me about that. Okay. Well, sure. No wonder trial lawyers are largely despised. <laughs> uh, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, one of the, one of the things that we're always defending is, well, I'm not that, I'm not that kind of person. Somebody comes in here and I'm not litigious and I don't, I don't do this and I, I'm not in this for the money. And Listen, that's been created by the media, you know, a good story that they can, that they can latch onto and sink their teeth into. I mean, that's great. I understand. It. And there's a place for that and a time for that. 
anytime I've given any sort of a presentation on this particular subject, it's amazing because I can ask the, the audience in front of me, hey, you know, name a frivolous lawsuit. And every single time without question, what is yelled out is the McDonald's coffee case mm-hmm. because people don't know because they do not know because they were not presented with the actual facts of the case. And it really is fascinating. So this is, I mean, this is all the way back in 1992 um, that this happened. And to this day, this claim actually appears on like Time Magazine's website as the number one frivolous lawsuit. And it's ridiculous because it is not, but I mean, you know, everybody knows the, the general facts. So we have Stella Liebeck. She, this was Albuquerque, New Mexico. She was a passenger in a vehicle. She wasn't even driving. She was a passenger in a vehicle being driven by her grandson. They went through the drive-through, ordered coffee. Her grandson did pull the car over. Stella put the coffee cup between her legs to peel the lid off um, so that she could put sugar and creamer in. And when she did that, the coffee spilled. Mm-hmm. The question and, and the information that people don't know is, well, okay, yeah, of course, coffee's hot. She spilled on herself. She shouldn't have done that. Well, it sounds to me like a lot of precautions were taken there. He pulled over. The vehicle wasn't even moving. You know, she was being careful. The, the biggest problem with it is that, and the photos of this are graphic. They're horrific. But the issue is that she was actually hospitalized for eight days. She underwent skin grafting, debridement treatments. Um, she was permanently disfigured, totally disabled for, for more than two years. The issue with this was why on earth would coffee be able to cause that level of damage? And as the case unfolded, we had, you know, the McDonald's quality assurance manager testifying that, that there was a, an enforced policy that all coffee be served at 185 degrees, plus or minus five degrees. When skin comes in contact with liquid that hot causes immediately very serious burns. Exactly. Exactly. There was a, there was an expert who testified at trial that said at 190 degrees, it takes two to three seconds to a third degree burn, two to three seconds to have a third degree burn with coffee that hot. And, you know, McDonald's had had 700 hot coffee claims before this one, but this is the one because of the gigantic verdict that made it to the news and it got everybody in a huff and it got, gosh, you know, if you can't even be held responsible for your own coffee, well, listen, McDonald's knew what it was doing. It was keeping it hot so that it wouldn't have to sell refills. And oh, by the way, Stella and her attorney made a settlement offer to McDonald's for a, essentially her medical bills, Mm -hmm. you know, less than six figures. I don't, I don't know what the specific number is, but nothing, you know, particularly unreasonable. And McDonald's just basically, again, gave her the big fat finger and they pursued it. And then in the course of the actual lawsuit, they were able to discover all this information, internal information to McDonald's that revealed that, yes, this was a policy that they keep their coffee extremely hot. They apparently had, you know, reasons why that saved them, I guess, on their coffee bill or something along those lines. But in addition to that, that this was not the first time that they had been made aware and, you know, that it was against sort of the standards of the industry and all that sort of thing. And so ultimately what happened was the jury, you know, awarded her for her own damages. And then they punished McDonald's through a big verdict. But even beyond that post verdict, the actual amount of money that got paid was something much, much less. Oh yeah. The the Um, money awarded. And if you look at it in a framework of actually what it means to McDonald's, how it actually impacted them. So the jury uh, award was 200,000. 
She, however, was found 20% at fault. So the jury award was reduced to $160,000. That's, that's nothing, right? But the, the uproar was over the $2.7 million in punitive damages. But what's coffee interesting, sales. coffee sales, $2.7 million in punitive damages equated to two days of McDonald's coffee sales. Oh my. Two days is $2.7 million. And then that award of $2.7 million in, in punitive damages was reduced to $480,000 post-trial. $480,000. So she got a total of what? five eighty six forty. dollars And I'm sure that didn't even cover her medical bills then. No, it wouldn't have. At hosp- Who's been hospitalized for eight days? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the skin and so grafting and the pain. Oh, The other, I think, interesting observation that comes out of this whole scenario is just how news gets condensed and condensed and condensed and condensed. So perhaps the local Albuquerque, New Mexico newspaper ran a very thorough story, but then the AP picks it up and condenses it down to this. And then the nightly news jumps on it and they have 30 seconds. And so you can't begin to do justice to the facts. And then sort of the tort reformers and the anti-trial lawyer groups that are out there recognize that, hey, you know, we can mm-hmm. we can do something with this because you know the the public response was this is just crazy this right. is greedy trial lawyers and and that sort of thing there's a there's actually a very interesting documentary that HBO has i think it's just called hot coffee so if you're if you're interested in learning more there's more oh, more yeah. out there than what Christy and i presented um, it's fascinating i mean there's even what there's a seinfeld episode right where is it kramer culture. i think he he spilled coffee on himself and elaine Literally what she says is you're suing a company because their coffee's too hot. It's supposed to be hot. Well, that it made it all the way to Seinfeld. So, you know, that's a big deal. And that's a big, big mm-hmm. misconception. And that's, I think that's largely why we face a lot of people who've been really, really injured, really damaged, really suffering losses and, and being worried about what people are going to think about them mm-hmm. pursuing appropriate action. And it's, it's, sad, but yeah, we have to spend an awful lot of time telling people, Hey, no, you're not that kind of person. And we're not those kinds of lawyers. That's not what this is. Yeah. I know, by the way, you're oftentimes you're really dealing with the insurance company, not the actual person on the other. Yes. Behind the other wheel. You know, they just, they made a mistake. They were careless. They aren't evil, bad people. They just, they're humans. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and part but, of our job is to keep people kind of on in, in, in line and on track. Right. So we'll have, a, we'll have people come in and, and say, well, you know, but for the grace of God, I could have been killed. Okay. There's no value in that. I understand. And let's thank God that you weren't, but, but there's no value in the sort of feel sorry for me claims, you know, let's move, let's move beyond that. We don't, we don't nurture that. <laughs> we're, we're not interested in, in, in that sort of line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, going forward in these podcasts, I know you want to address current events and, and news items like this. Anything on tap that you think we might pick up next time? We could give listeners a, a little preview. You know, I think what really where we're where we're headed with this is Julie and I being female business owners and sort of understanding what it is to align ourselves with other really, really strong women or values that we can align ourselves with. I think we're going to, you know, want to start having, having guests and, and other, other women whose goal it is just to, to empower and to provide shine a light on other women. I mean, I, I mentioned this, I think men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We don't all do things the same way. And 
obviously broadly speaking, men and women have a lot in common, but there's a lot of differences. And so we want to shine a spotlight on, you know, the dynamic women out there that are doing cool things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we'll still have some fun with, with funny STD cases and such as it, (laughs) as it pops up. But yeah, I think we're just going to, we're going to watch this sort of morph and and become something just really positive and and fantastic. And yeah, we're excited. And how can listeners reach you? Well, we're online. Law powered by women. We're in the phone book. Oh, wait, there's no such (laughs) thing. Do they make those anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the last time I got a phone book, I think it was like a half inch thick. I mean, it was, nobody's in there anymore. They go directly to my recycle bin. Yeah. Yeah. What? Google law powered by women, Google Larson Goldberg, look for us on Facebook, Instagram. Well, thank you very much for the time. I can't wait for the next episode. That's what she pled. Follow the podcast. Make sure you know when a new episode is ready. Share with others, rate and review. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Larson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.